Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello. 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 Welcome to Historically Badass Broads, the podcast where we talk about... Yeah. Women. In history. Where every month is Women's History Month. Oh, it's Women's History Month. (gasps) Which apparently we get one month out of 12, guys. That's, I mean, we should count our blessings here because Uh, one month is... (laughs) That's that's approximately 30 days. Is it too much? Wow. I I think it's too much, personally. Mm -hmm. I could do with maybe an hour. Okay. Women's history an, oh, hour. Hour. Just like Earth Day, but like there's one hour where we work to protect the Earth. This is yeah. the hour. Let's make it Got count. it. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, happy single month to celebrate us, guys. Yep. But you know what? That's why we do what we do. Because one month is stupid. <laughs> one month for anything. I mean, coming I know off the heels of Black History Month. Black History Month. And I was like... One month. Every month can be. Just like I hate Valentine's Day because it's like I, I want to tell people I love them or care about them whenever I feel like it. That's a hot take on hating Valentine's Day. It's also that like isn't... why are we cele- also why are we celebrating the martyrdom of a Christian dude? And then we're like, mm, you want chocolate? Like it's really stupid. If you ever look yeah. at the calendar of holidays. Don't. It's insane. It is crazy. Today's probably like jelly bean day or something. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> You know, the worst of the fun candies. Ugh. I don't know why it came to mind. I apologize for bringing it up. It's okay. Because <laughs> you knew you had to pick something that not anyone would actually in their right mind want to celebrate. <sighs> and I applaud you. <clears throat> comedy. 101. Comedy. <laughs> you guys come here for the comedy, right? For the um, laughs. The laughs, yeah. But so, mm-hmm. it is Women's History Month. It is Women's History Month. And we're going to celebrate... As we do every month, by talking about some awesome ladies in history. Mm-hmm. And this one's interesting. I'm not going to be talking about a specific woman. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to be talking about a group of women. Ooh. And we don't even know if they really existed. They most likely didn't. What? But there's a reason why we're going to talk about them. So okay. This month, we're featuring the Amazons. <gasps> cool what do you mean they okay. didn't exist okay wait yeah i want to hear more so i was just, so okay so <laughs> when you think of the amazons what yes. comes to your brain tell me everything uh Go. tall beautiful strong group of female warriors hmm. um they live as like women in a women only colony perhaps mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and they fight and they are uh, very strong and cool. I love it, and that's how, why. I think how how perhaps, am I rating? <laughs> no, you're doing. You're rating. You did exactly what I wanted, which is your <laughs> the story you're telling is mm. why I think it's important we talk about them because Ooh. to me it's the import of narrative. So mm. the Amazons were most likely a literary invention. And they're used as a tool, um, a comparison. They're almost this cautionary tale that's being mm. told about what happens when you let women be in charge or do mm. things. Um, Mary Beard, who's literally one of my favorite historians of all time. And I know mm-hmm. I say that a lot, but like if I had to rank, she's really – there's a couple and she's like way up there. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Please – read any of her amazing books or watch any of her lectures or many very fun uh, BBC shows where she walks around Rome. She's the one who like goes and touches stuff in museums and Mm -hmm. it's like fine because it's Mary Beard. Anyway, (laughs) I love her. 
Mary Beard said, in terms of understanding the like kind of narrative importance and kind of use of the Amazons, the only good Amazon is a dead one. Mm. And the only good Amazon is one who's been raped or who has been abused in some way by the men in the tale. And to be frank, she's not wrong. If we go back and read the original tales about the Amazons, Mm -hmm. the actual stories really suck. So, you know, we're told of these women who live in a colony of their own. The actual – so there's a lot of debate about the word Amazon. Where does that come from? Mm -hmm. Um, The the most common, the one you're going to hear and people will say that this is correct. Here's the thing. When we talk about ancient history, anyone who says this is 100% correct, don't believe them. Mm. Because we don't know that. This happened 6,000 years ago. We don't know. There's no way to know. There's no way to fucking know. So don't say things like that. Anyway, okay. (laughs) So according to the ancient Greeks, Mm. there's this like ideological tradition that the word Amazon in Greek, it's the idea of like breastless, without breasts. Interesting. Because one of the very first things you'll hear about the Amazons is that they had their right breast cut off or burnt and like cauterized or that they as babies did that to their girl children Hmm. to make it easier to pull back for a bow and arrow, which you look at any person who's ever done archery and you'll realize that's a man saying dumb things. I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not true. Most likely. And also Hmm. like, For the record, of all the artistic depictions of Amazons, which we have many, Mm -hmm. um, they got two boobs. (laughs) They're both there. (laughs) And yes, it's because there's a sexualization of them that I think is really important to talk about in the tales that, you know, they have two uses. One is to be this force against which the men fight and must defeat. Mm -hmm. And then they also have this use as like these like sexual objects so of course they'd have to have two breasts how has that completely missed me (laughs) i i feel like i haven't heard that side of it do you want to know why and this is why it's a good thing it's a good thing because in the kind of second wave feminism in the proto-feminist movement there's been Mm -hmm. a huge reclaiming of the amazon of the story of a woman of, a, mm. of women who fight, who come together to fight against injustices. Mm-hmm. You know, it actually starts with like women like Natalie Barney, which I know yeah. you know a bit about Natalie Barney. Mm-hmm. We love Natalie mm-hmm. Barney. Mm-hmm. Um, we have these great depictions of women who are using this to describe their friends. Um, like, you know, they kind of use it starting in the 20th century as a positive thing, which not that it wasn't positive. It just had other connotations that have been lost because the stories written about them start with um, Homer. And, you know, he's the first guy who you see, you know, he's the first written record we have is is Mm -hmm. of um, Homer. You know, they're the first kind of people who say, wait a minute, look at what else they could represent. And that's important. Because what it means is that we can take things that have been taken away from us, stories that have been used to hurt women or to Mm. damage them in some way. It shows that we can, in fact, reclaim those stories, that we can take them and use them for different reasons. I was just watching in preparation for this and also because I love her, Mary Beard. She had a lecture um, about one of her newer books that came out about women in power, which I could not recommend more highly that you read, not least mm. which because I think she's a very reasoned individual. I think she has the right amount of hope and pessimism, which I usually just mm. have pessimism. So it's really lovely to see someone who goes, wait a minute. Mm. Um, when mm. I was in school, so she's a professor at Newnham College in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And for a very long time, she was the only woman mm-hmm. who was a faculty member, like I think at Cambridge or at least within that department. And Newnham College, for the record, is an all-girls college. So that's pretty stupid. Um, 
Anyway. Uh, that, that feels like a common trend. I've, I've heard <laughs> yeah. a lot about all women's schools with male faculty. Yeah, it's almost like they do it to take advantage. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Weird. <laughs> Sorry. You, I mean, as someone who, who went thought? to an all-girls all school, what was, like, yeah. the percentage of female to male professors? I would say that Barnard's pretty progressive. So if that there were, uh, I would say, like, every core Barnard class was lady. taught by a lady. But also the, the overlap between, I mean, over half of my classes were at Columbia, so... Oh, that's true. I kept having to deal with all these men. Mm. <laughs> it was against my will. <laughs> but it was interesting. But yes. But yes. So, yeah. So the the thing with the Amazons and stories like what Mary Beard are talking about, it's like Liz, uh, Lysistrata, often known as mm-hmm. Lysistrata. Lysistra. Mm-hmm. Lysistra. That's how Mary says it, and I trust her. Mm. Only because she could say anything and I would trust her. She's one of those people that I'd be like, yes, ma'am, whatever. She's probably done her research. She is the one who, yeah. She's the research. research, yeah. She's everything. <laughs> I love her. Um, her book, SPQR, is like a seminal look at Rome. Um, I also love mm-hmm. that she's like, she has a, a bunch of very powerful lectures um, that I recommend. I know it's not like a thing for people to watch lectures anymore, but I think you should. I think they're very interesting. You learn a lot and I like learning. Um, so there, there's a couple that she had in a series a couple years ago at the university of Glasgow and it, or was it Edinburgh? Sorry. I think it may be university of Edinburgh. And it was a beautiful series of lectures. And one of which is that the initial founding of Rome, which we're not going to talk about Rome actually that much. We're going to talk about the Greeks, but the initial founding of Rome is a rape myth Hmm. and that sexual violence is integral to their idea of who they are as Romans. Mm -hmm. It's central to them. And I, I think it's important that we look back on our own stories, right. Of our own culture, of the founding of certain things of, you know, the idea that like, I, I think of, and I, I'm biased, I guess, against it but i you know i think of like mary the virgin mary mm-hmm. and the fact that that if we were to look at it from a fair, mostly objective point of view was most likely a tale of of sexual assault yeah and the idea that you know there's goodness to be found after such violence is a male one mm-hmm. i think there's this like acceptance they expect and they say oh it's divine or oh it's whatever and it's like it doesn't negate the fact that that wasn't a choice that this woman was able to make. She didn't have the control. And I think that is a, a story that is something that too many modern women are currently feeling, and especially in this stupid country. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and listen, I, I believe in a lot of goodness, but it's hard to look out right now and to see what's been what's going on. And I think the Amazons are a great example of the good and the bad of a narrative. So at the moment, they are – having this wonderful high of they are used it's a positive thing I, wonder woman right wonder woman is is an amazon I say, and i was i was imagining wonder yeah woman when i was answering your question earlier yeah they they are these beautiful athletic strong women they are all of the traits we would i think all love to embody right they mm-hmm. are this kind of paragon of of womanhood mm-hmm. but that's so new Right, this idea that a woman can be multifaceted is is brand spanking new. So I, feel I like think it's growing up. I mm-hmm. was called Amazonian just because of height. Yeah, that checks like, out. Like that, that the like the tall woman was mm-hmm. often. I don't know if that's like a stature thing or like it a is literal, a literal it, thing. You'll find a lot of people described as such when they think of Amazonian. It's actually in, yeah in reference to tall. But yeah, it's an othering. Right. Yeah, it's an othering. Mm, it's a mm. it's a it, it's a foreign thing. Mm. And that is old. That's an old mm-hmm. part of this. The Amazons were never Trojans. They were never Greeks. They were never anything but this other force. Mm. So they're in the Trojan War epic cycle. They're in um various tales. We have, you know all of these different myths surrounding them They're, and but they most likely lived if i'm going to say okay hold up there are many examples 
of women who were warriors. There are many female warriors that are old and ancient. There's some very powerful excavations that were being done in Ukraine um, and in Moldova, um, everywhere along the Caucasus, like the steppes. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of work was being done and kind of showing these great burials where women were being buried with um, arrowheads and swords. And mm. for a long time, when only men were excavating, they're like, oh, that's a mistake or, oh, it, you know, it has to do with other things. But you come to find out there's another one. It's a really powerful example of a woman who is decked out. She is decked out. I love it. She's covered. And at mm. her feet is most likely a male servant who was sacrificed to go into the grave after she died. Hmm. You can't really say it's anything other than what it is, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, they'll try. But that's what happened. Most people, if there's a narrative, an idea of the past they want to cling to, mm. wink, wink, right. it's usually false and it usually doesn't gel. And so they have to, they get really, they double down. They get, you know, no, no, there's no way. And it's like, if we just allow ourselves a little flexibility of, of mind, mm-hmm. I think we can see that there's a lot of examples of things like this throughout the world. It's not, you know, exclusive to that area. Um, but there's a lot of examples of, women warriors. And I think that's important. I I imagine Mm -hmm. there were a lot of things that could have inspired the myth of the Amazons. I think Mm -hmm. I recommend looking into that more. There's a lot of really cool women who since then have obviously taken inspiration of the epic cycle of them. Right. But I find the like evolution of the myth of them very interesting. Um, Mm. Because it does seem like they're used as a tool for the men. So. Wow. Yeah. So how does it. (laughs) Yeah. I had no idea. That's crazy. It's such a rich history. So Herodotus is talking about them. We got Homer. We got all the guys. All of the guys loving to talk about the Amazons. Um, Diodorus, and I'm not saying any of this correctly. My friend Natalie, shout out Natalie, <laughs> is an amazing, amazing historian and um, classicist, actually. She's also a brilliant director, people. Um, and I met her as an actor, and she was my director and friend. And But what's amazing with Natalie is she still has this, like, encyclopedic knowledge of all of this. And so I, like, sent her a bunch of stuff. I was like, can you pronounce this? And um, – I did not give her enough time because I didn't <laughs> the way I should have. Anyway, um, so I'm going to try to pronounce and then hopefully Nat- uh, Natalie will correct me and then we can like post that. So <laughs> we'll show you the right, the right way. I'm going to do what I be- my best though. So we have a lot of male chroniclers and by that I mean only male chroniclers telling us these stories. So the homeland of the Amazons, there's all of this conversation about where it actually was. And we don't know. You know, there's a lot of different places it could be. uh, But in the tale, they're on the banks of the Thermodon River. And they live in a town called Themyscira. Mm -hmm. And it seems as if maybe they were like, It seems like maybe they were working with people in and around them. But the initial tale, the initial idea of an Amazon is women without men. There's a – going back to the etymology of the word Amazon, we don't have an exact definition. But it could be like Phoenician. So there's one that's Am, which means mother, and Azan or Adon, meaning lord. So like mother, lord. Hmm. There could be um, Oiropata, meaning man-killers. Herodotus says that. Aeschylus calls them man-hating and manless. Hmm. Um, So we don't really know. Um, And it seems like most of the tales we have of them are from the the heroic ages, which is like 1600 to 1100 BCE. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it. I'm not trying to be pedantic. History in the before the common era goes backward, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. So the. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
more for the listeners. No, um, no, I agree. Keep going. Cool. Um, so if we're talking about the world that this is supposedly happening in, we have a really interesting society, but more importantly, I think is the world of the women for whom this tale is being written as a cautionary tale. I mm. think it's, it's one thing to go back and say that these women existed. I think I, there's no evidence whatsoever. I, I read a book called um, Amazon Women, Warriors, and Myth and History by Lynn Webster Wilde, and she literally traveled the world trying to see if they existed. She wanted them to exist. And unfortunately, there's not really a place where a Amazonian tribe could have existed or did. There's literally no evidence. But that doesn't mean that they weren't inspired by real people. Most tales have mm. truth, you know, in them. Yeah, so they most likely aren't real. But again, how many times in our podcast have we figured out and understood that like it was less important that right. we knew something the was true story. than what was said about them? Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes. The story has so, more impact than the truth. Thank you. So much better put. Yeah. <laughs> so – Mandy Murch, who's a great uh, historian, she says, the Amazons are introduced into myth not as an independent force, but as a vanquished opponents, as the vanquished opponents of heroes credited with the establishment and protection of the Athenian state, its founding fathers. So patriotism reinforces patriarchalism and that the life of Athenian women was, quote, short, arduous, and secluded. Mm. It's a pretty horrible time to be an Athenian woman. Um <laughs> If we think about Greek and Roman mythology, we're going to go Greek, though. Um, you can pull to your mind immediately certain goddesses, right? Like, who comes to your mind? Athena. Yeah. She's I'm going to ask that we investigate. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask that we investigate her slightly <laughs> because I'm. it is something that's been really disconcerting to me. Mm. Athena is, like, the perfect woman. Right. For a Greek man. She's not born of a woman. She's born of Zeus. Mm -hmm. She never marries and never wants kids. Therefore, she's always a virgin. Mm -hmm. She usually is a champion for men, not women. Mm. And something that's really unsettling is another Greek myth that has come to the forefront in modern times has been that of Medusa, right? Mm-hmm. On Athena's breastplate and shield and various different tales, it's both or the other, is the severed head of Medusa. Hmm. So the tale of Medusa is such that, you know, this is a woman who was a priestess, mm -hmm. I, I believe, of Athena. And she was raped in her temple. Mm. And Athena, by Poseidon, I think. And Pathena, Athena punished her <sighs> by turning her into a gorgon and her sisters. And then mm -hmm. set Perseus along to vanquish the disgusting woman. He uses mm -hmm. his shield as a mirror, right? Because you can't look at her because she'll turn you to stone. Right. Snakes. A lot of things about the stone, turning the men to stone. This disgusting mm -hmm. creature we can't even look at. Right. This woman, this idea of evil, evil Also womanhood. snakes being, mm -hmm. you know, snakes. <laughs> also vaguely phallic. Sure. And then I see it. he cuts her head off. And then uses it as a tool. And then when he's done, he gives it to Athena and says, thanks. Mm. And then she's mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'm going to use that too. Athena is a woman right. you can't even look at, basically, is what they're saying. She is this – she's more man than woman. And I say that only because it's the way she's used in their tales. It's not – you know, she is kind of operating within this spectrum of – womanhood. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to strip her of that, but I do think it's important that we realize that these tales were mostly written by men to be told as tales. And, uh, you know, yeah. and hers is an interesting one. So 
in some later iterations of the Amazons, they have shields that are decorated with the heads of Gorgons. It's very curious to me. I think we see a lot in kind of modern storytelling about like this kind of, you know, Gorgon, this like disgusting, foul woman. Going back to what Mandy Murch says, I, I really appreciate what she says. She says that the resulting tension between the Athenian state and its female members who were basically, not basically, who were legally subjugated, found its way into artistic expression, particularly in the tragedies which show women rebelling. The Amazon myth can be interpreted as an expression of this unease. It resolved this tension by representing such a rebellion as already concluded in deserved defeat. And that's where we come back to Mary Beard saying the only good Amazon is a dead one. And so the myth itself is really fun um, <laughs> to a degree. So mm -hmm. they're in Jason and the Argonauts. They're in the Homeric kind of, you know, like we said, the Odyssean kind of things. There are these women who live without men who mm -hmm. um, potentially once a year mate with other men uh, just so that they can beget more children. Mm -hmm. According to some myths, if they have any male children, they kill them or they give them up. Um, right. You know, it's this idea of like monstrous womanhood that I find really, really fascinating. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so they they often wear pants. Good. Oh my Good. God. <laughs> and you see them in ancient art, like wearing the skins of leopards and stuff, which I love. They look like they're wearing like cool jumpsuits. Um, and all of the tales have them being often quite superior like they think our, they're superior mm -hmm. or they're viewed as superior? They're viewed as this like incredible force. They're mm -hmm. they're lifted mm -hmm. up, I think, so high so that when the single man comes and defeats an entire army of women, it is even more dramatic. Got it. Make the threat larger. Yeah. Yeah. So Potentially, the women went on pillaging expeditions. They founded different towns such as Ephesus and Smyrna and Paphos. And there was an annual procreation thing. And the girls are trained to be warriors. And, you know, it, it seems like the women are, again, in definition of their name, almost antagonistic to men. But they're also, Homer says that they are equal to men. They are men's equal in how they fight. So that's important. But again, I, I think it's necessarily that like they can, the men can be like, oh, we killed all these women, but it's not like these, like it can be like a prideful thing mm -hmm. that they did it. So we have Otrera. She's one of the first Amazons we can talk about. She was like the one of the first ones. She's the mother of Hippolyta, Antiope, Melanope, and I'm never going to say it right. <laughs> Penthesilia. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And so she's the goddess, she's the daughter of a nymph and Ares, who's the god of war. So for reference, um, Athena's also the goddess of war, but she's like the goddess of wisdom and war. She's she's a different kind of god of war. And in the Trojan War, Ares and Athena, they're on different sides, mm -hmm. I think. I'm like 98% sure. Ooh, now I doubt myself. Uh, guys, I don't know if this is important, but I gold medaled. I have a gold medal in the National Greek and Roman Mythology exam, which means I didn't miss a single Yes, question. you do. And I still have that medal somewhere because I was like, this is the best award I've ever received and will ever receive. I didn't miss a single question. So proud. Thank you so much. Um, but I am now currently <laughs> forgetting who is on what side <laughs> of the Trojan War. Anyway, okay. So, <laughs> you know, you already have the medal. You did the work. <laughs> Thank you. I did. Years ago. <laughs> so, they have Hippolyta. Hippolyta is in, if you watched Wonder Woman, she's meant to be um, Diana, Wonder Woman's mommy. Mm. And she's very integral to the Theseus myths and the, the Heracles. Heracles is Hercules, guys, but it's Heracles, um, the myth. And she has Penthesilia. She has Myrina. And then there's like Thalastris. Ooh. So these are all different women we're going to be talking about. We're also going to talk about Antiope. She's pretty solid. So the various Amazons are 
central to the story, but they really are kind of devices. So Otrera, she is potentially a founder of the Temple of Artemis at Ephesus. Penthesilia is also used as that. She's more commonly said that way. Um, But she was leading the Amazons, this warlike tribe of women, no men needed, no men wanted, in fact. And they are seen as very barbaric in that they have like war dances and spears and a lot of them ride on horseback. Um, What's really interesting is some excavations that have been done, especially in the Caucasus, have found women with like bow legs, like they spent their life on horseback. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really, really interesting. Um, And so it seems like, you know, she's more of a device for the founding for her daughters. So Hippolyta... So she comes about in the myth of Heracles, and we all know about the labors of Heracles. I think he had you know, 12 of them. So the 12 ones, he had to slay the Nemean lion, slay the nine-headed hydra, capture a, the Kyrenian hind, Aramanthian boar, clean the Augean stables in a single day, the Stymphalian birds, the Cretan bull, the mares of Diomedes, and number nine, he has to obtain the girdle of Hippolyta. And let's not forget that these are poetic myths. The girdle isn't just a belt she wears around her. Most likely, her virginity. The girdle's, yeah, it's a it's in reference to her sexuality, mm. her privates, her virginity. Mm. In some versions of the myth, Heracles shows up and she's like, oh my God, you're so hot that she just gives him the belt. <laughs> sure. <laughs> in some of the myths, it, and then what it seems to happen is Hera, who hates him, which is fair, he's escaped justice, um, like turns herself into an Amazon. There's a great um, picture of this on a vase that will, uh, an amphora, I think, that we'll, we'll find. It's, it's entertaining. I mean, but also like sad because the implications. Um, hmm. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hera shows up as an Amazon and goes and spreads this rumor that Heracles and his crew are going to abduct Hippolyta. And so then the Amazons are like, we must protect our queen. And then somehow Heracles kills Hippolyta and steals her girdle. And then they fight off everyone. And they sail away with it. But it's, it's very likely that that's a, it's a, another myth of sexual violence, right? It's, it's very mm-hmm. likely. And one of the reasons we say that is because in a lot of the images of the Amazons, what do they call it? There's this like term for the Amazons in art. It's like Amazonomachy or Amazonodraki. It's like a specific term for it, which I think is actually really cool. Cause I, I had never really thought about that theme having its own name, mm-hmm. like that theme yeah. of artwork having its own name. Yeah. I never thought about that, but how cool is that? It is very cool. Right? I like it. I'm into it. So after the Battle of Marathon, which technically takes place in like 490 BCE, it's the Persian invasion of Greece. So the the Amazons in that are like kind of Persians. They're brought Mm -hmm. about in that way. Mm -hmm. And you really start to see them like everywhere. They're on pediment reliefs. They're on sarcophagi. They're on jewelry. You see them in sculptures. They're on the Parthenon. They're even on the Parthenon. (laughs) <laughs> they're everywhere but what are yeah. they doing Fighting. most of the time they're being beaten yeah oh great amazing 
they're included with a lot of other myths and monsters. If we think about the myths and the things that Heracles, his his initial 10 tasks, eventual 12, it's about killing monsters. And number nine is the sexual assault mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of these other women who are seen as probably little more than monsters mm-hmm. or definitely monstrous. Yeah. 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 So they're often depicted with other quote monsters, right? So you see centaurs, you see them with other things. And in a lot of depictions, they're seen as occasionally they're seen as like really beautiful. They're these kind of strong women. They have always like the most incredible, incredible boobs. Um, But interestingly enough to the Bassi frieze, which is from the temple of Apollo in Arcadia, that was carved around 420 and 400 BCE. Um, the women have this like, you know, they're in these robes and the men are strong and they have helmets and it looks very, you know, kind of dreamlike. And the women's faces though are like really youthful and they look really surprised that they're like in a battle. And the men are like really manly. Hmm. And the their, the women's like clothes like artly fall open to show their incredible boobs, like hmm. gravity defying. And then the men are like really strong. And we see, you know, the skirts show a, a really beautiful like thigh. Like the sexualization of them is is hmm. central to their story. Mm-hmm. That's interested. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In media. Of mm-hmm. female fighters. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Comic books and everything. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, in the first telling of the new Wonder Woman um, with Gal Gadot, the first iteration is just her. Like, you don't really see the other Amazons. But in the first movie, it's directed by a woman. I think it's Patty Jenkins, right? It is, yeah. And the women are wearing like fairly substantial amounts of clothing compared to what we see. Oh yeah, and they're we're, they're wearing yeah. like solid stuff. Like there are deep dives on female uh, directors. Yeah, and then <laughs> well then clothes clo- more realistic. Chloe, what happens? <laughs> what happens in the next movie that's directed by Zack Snyder? Little, little outfit, tiny little baby outfit. outfit. Yeah, tiny tiny outfit. Yeah. Do you know what I always think about that? Hmm. This is mild tangent, but do you really it. want like bare skin when you're fighting? No, that's the whole point. They <laughs> yeah. did, that's why it's that's why it's so absurd. That's like, why like yeah, Lara Croft and all these women flag. wearing like fucking cro- Kim Possible With your swords. Kim Possible, the icon of my youth. <laughs> of course. Midriff out. That one was yeah yeah yeah. Meanwhile, she go. Mm-hmm. Full, full, full suit. Of course. And she's the crazy one. No, I think we all know. Shigo is the real hero of that story. She's the real. I encourage hero you to go back. I childhood. She's incredible. I know. Well, right? God. Yeah. Great Halloween of, costume. Oh, were you Shigo for Halloween? No, no, no. But I've seen it done well. I think you should do it. Well. Only a few months left to go. (laughs) Just like a year. So tiny little outfits. Tiny baby outfits and the beautiful muscles. So the Bassi Freeze is actually pretty solid, but it's very sexual. Like it's almost like, are they? Are they? Like you think maybe they're not just fighting. Right, 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 right. And also there's this idea, right, that women are still very loose without men to tell them what to do. Yeah, of course. Um. So it seems like, again, the Greeks built up the myth of the Amazons so that it'd be even more impressive when they destroyed them. Okay. So another element of Hippolyta's myth is with Theseus. So Theseus is a companion mm-hmm. of Heracles, and then he does his own little journey. And then, again, it the thing with Greek myths, it's not like all – if you follow certain – versions of tales they go one way and then if you follow different versions they go another so just know that it's not like they're all meant to exist at the exact same time Mm -hmm. because in the last one she died Mm. 
Hmm. So in some versions, Heracles abducts abducts Hippolyta, but then gives her to Theseus as like a reward. Mm -hmm. Some of them say that she falls in love with Theseus and goes, I'll leave all of my women behind to go to you. Regardless, she's love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's taken to Athens where she Mm -hmm. marries Theseus. And it seems like the women of the Amazonian tribe were so mad. They attacked Athens Mm. in the Attic War. And under Theseus and or Heracles, they're defeated. And then another tale, Theseus has Hippolyta, but then he goes to marry Phaedra. So then Hippolyta, in a scorned woman tailed for the ages, takes her Amazons and attacks them. Mm. And then the defenders just have to, like, close the door. And Hippolyta was killed, or Theseus kills her, or she was accidentally killed by another Amazon, or by her sister. And then that person was then killed by Theseus, or even Achilles. We get Achilles. He pops in there for some reason. Um, Some of the stories say that Hippolyta was dead before Theseus married Phaedra. I imagine those are the tales that say that Heracles killed her. Hmm. Some of them say that it wasn't Hippolyta, but it was Antiope or Melanope or Glauke, who, ooh, I don't know anything about her. She just pops up occasionally as a name that I could have researched more, but did not. Um, So maybe Hippolyta or Antiope had a son by Theseus named Hippolytus of Athens. I don't know. We don't know. But all of these versions of the tales have important things in common. Mm -hmm. And it's the ultimate meaning the eventual and uh, inescapable subversion of this these strong women. So Penthesilia, I first came across her not while studying Greek and Roman myths as a youth, but also in my youth when I was in college. Um, I took a class with um, Professor Shapiro. I think his name was Howard. Anyway, he assigned his own book to the class. It was one of those. Hilarious. Um, it. And it was all like – Myth and classical art. That's what the, mm-hmm. that's what the class was. It was great. Mm-hmm. I actually really loved it. Um, the picture of Penthesilia that we know well is while she is being murdered by Achilles during the Trojan War, in the mm-hmm. midst of her getting slain, mm-hmm. her helmet comes off and he instantly falls in love with her because she's so beautiful. Oh, my God. That's like the part in the terrible rom-com where, like, she takes her hair down and takes off her glasses and everybody's like, whoa she's pretty yeah but even worse it's while he's yeah it's literally it's killing kill her yeah like he's sword in her i'm we're gonna find pictures of this there are so many oh oh i'm sorry you literally meant in the act of murder not an attempt yes like mid-murder no. sword in her great falls in love and then in some versions they have her fall in love with him too before she dies i hate that so much (laughs) yeah i know that makes me angry (laughs) i know she's like wait no (laughs) you're hot no (laughs) yeah all right and so they were called there to help the Trojans, and then they go and attack some of the Greeks, and then um, that's when they're killed. So she's this – she came too late to help, basically. Right. All these different things, again, and you see her usually just before he stabs her or in the stab, and um, it it ends with the Amazons and the Greeks forming a truce. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, because the women saw that they were bested. Sorry. Well, it's interesting that you wouldn't just go full, we conquered them. It's interesting that it, that there's a Well, truth. they were also fighting the Trojans. We'll, we'll give them that. But like narrative-wise, wouldn't it be... Well, they only... I think there were only 12 of them. I think Amazon? she brought 12 of... I, she, I think she brought 12 of her ladies. Oh, that's a small number. To help the Trojans. And then they are doing a great job. Mm. And then 
Penthesilia's like, Achilles, let's go, dude. And then he, like, destroys her. And then she's like, wait. wait. That's the, the, my blood boils. <laughs> I know. Even in death, she couldn't have peace. It, it interestingly <laughs> reminds me of a lot of different horrible stories I've been reading lately. Um, okay. About women's bodies being desecrated by men after death. Maura, what are you doing reading that? I just falling further into depression. (laughs) We need to we need to get you out of there. (laughs) I did delete I had to delete TikTok. My TikTok was only like mothers fighting against book bans and like um people getting cheated on. And um, oh, cheating is good, is big, yeah. And uh, abortion access, people fighting for abortion rights. Wow, and they really, they really do a deep they, dive on your personality, huh? It was, <laughs> and like, listen, I'm not saying any of that is incorrect. I'm just saying it was overwhelming. I had no relief. <laughs> I, I got on the TikTok mm. for the relief of the mindless scroll, and I was denied that, and therefore, goodbye. That's not great. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Achilles like sucks, guys. We know this, right? Like he like oh, we do now. after he kills like Memnon, he like literally drags him around on the field and like taunts everyone with his body and like <laughs> like he sucks. And then the Trojans have to like like uh what do they have to do? Ransom, that's the word. They have to ransom his body back to give him a proper burial so he can rest in peace. Because Achilles that's, sucks. That's really respectful of him. Yeah. Did you read the tale of Achilles? Or what is it? The one by, what's her name? Mm-mm. Madeline Miller. Song of Achilles. It focuses on a homosexual relationship with uh, a homosexual. Uh, with, sorry. I realized I said that. And I was like, why did I say that word? I never say it. Anyway. In a, in a good um, way or a bad way? In a good way. He and his like boyhood friend grow up and are deeply in love. That's something I think is really something we, we actually should have... Uh, taken with us from the ancient days the fact that like it was it was chill everyone was on a lovely sexual spectrum and like no one cared Mm. well except in some cases with the women they weren't allowed to sleep with anyone but the men it was fine if they slept with other men it was actually expected because they'd be like raised about that more i know they'd be raised together Mm. with men in like dormitories and the women with women in dormitories like the spartans just screwing each other the whole time we should be talking about that i don't disagree with you (laughs) and that's why we're talking about it now yes that it was important and so that's another integral part of the amazon myth is these women had each other for sexual gratification they didn't need the men they just needed Mm. them to procreate and then after that they don't need them how scary what a scary thought for the men out there who think of themselves <laughs> as being so essential, right, to female pleasure. Well, and... Essential, like, once a year. Well, exactly. And just so that they can perpetuate their race, like nothing else. Right. But if you notice, in a lot of other tales, the women are like, oh, he's so handsome. Yeah, big, big contradictions here. Patroclus, that's his name. Achilles and Patroclus. Mm-hmm. It's what's the funny song where um and historians will say that they were best friends. Right. <laughs> Have you heard right. that? Yes. It's so good. Yeah. They were best friends. They just lived together on a farm they by themselves. Roommates. They were roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not. Probably not. We're our, our modern culture existed. is so uncomfortable with any notion of sexual fluidity. It is wild. Because you can't control people who don't fit into certain boxes. That's what it is. And the puritanical thought process really left its mark. Yeah. Next time someone tells you, well, it's not in the Bible, say, I don't really care if it is or isn't because that's not a book that I care about. Anyway. (laughs) I love when everyone like has these. Okay. This is important to me. There are so many arguments about things that happen in the Bible or whether or not it's allowed. And people love to to, uh, own the people who say that because they are often misinterpreting and or reading things incorrectly. And that's fun. That's really fun to do. Like, for example, the bit that bans homosexuality was edited in the early 20th century. It actually used to mean pedophilia. And I feel like we can all agree that that was a solid thing to say, don't do. I think we can agree. I can um, agree. I mean, those who don't get out, go to jail right now, right now, right now. Anyway, um, 
that that talk about another book. We could have a whole episode on biblical women and the crap that they went through. Um, One, it would be that's a lot. Like It'd be a, a season. I Not know that we've God, ever broken women. this up into seasons. <laughs> We're on a loose episode forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, we just don't um, stop. No, of course not. So yeah, so Penthesilia, maybe she founded the temple of Artemis at Ephesus. Maybe not. Um, she ends up coming up a couple different times. Uh, she potentially killed her sister Hippolyta when they were hunting deer because, you know, women are stupid. Mm-hmm. And that it was that that she said that she wanted to die, but she had to die honorably. And so then that's why she went to the Trojan. I mean, there's all these different versions of it. But in the end, she dies and the man gets to sexualize her in death. Woo. Amazing. Then we have Myrina. Another queen, she led a military expedition in Libya, and she hmm. beat the Atlanteans. Cool, right? Like Very Atlantis, cool. I meant. Uh, and then mm-hmm. she tried to kill the, the Gorgons, but they didn't do a good job. And then she kind of like – her, she and the Egyptians got along, and then she kind of conquered a lot of areas, and including Lesbos, which is central to our modern interpretation of their tale. A lot of the time people mm-hmm. go, oh, the Amazons lived on the island of Lesbos because they were lesbians. There's, We don't know. Probably not. If they if they existed. Which they probably didn't, guys. I'm so sorry. And <laughs> she was defeated by a man, as as is only the case that we are. Yeah, it seems to be take. a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. So it seems like, you know, there's an idea of within each of these tales, the women doing fairly well without the men, but then like ultimately realizing the folly of their adventure and like dying right. spectacularly. Right. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of examples in modern and by modern, I mean literally anything but ancient <laughs> culture of uh, throughout the rest of like early modern even early ancient, like later ancient history um, of women being central to like worship and other um, kind of elements of life. But she is and always remains this subjugated figure. She is not an empowered woman. She is not someone who has her own ability. You know, we see a lot of examples of like mother goddesses of um, – women being like essential to not just worship, but like to the actual like role of a religion. Um, But a lot of the time women end up getting pushed out. So like women were essential parts of um, worship in the ancient world, but like eventually they're pushed out by men, like male priests who were like, "Mm, honey, I can do a better job. Of course. Yeah. So in general, what do we have? We have the Amazons. We have these women who have a lot of baggage that comes with them, right? Like Mm. they end up kind of coming to serve that very specific and very sad purpose of a necessary – and I I mean that word necessary, like an absolute necessary subjugation of women because what happens if they're left in charge – They go and think they can form an army. They have the audacity to think they can fight the men. And maybe Mm -hmm. they can do a little bit. Mm -hmm. But just like all good monsters, they're killed. Right. And it's kind of upsetting because we want to have – as a historian, I crave positive examples of women fighting against – the values and mores of their time to do extraordinary things. And we thankfully have some, but Hmm. you would think that the Amazons would be an example of that. And they probably didn't even exist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and the women who were warriors in ancient times lived a much more complicated existence than that. We have the, um, like as inspirational things, we have some military like units, So in the 18th century, Catherine the Great put Gregory Potemkin in charge of uh, Poland. Remember that, guys? And um, they created an Amazon company. And the wives and daughters of soldiers of a Greek battalion were enlisted and formed that unit. Then there were the Mino, 
or minnow. Um, I'm probably saying that incorrectly. I apologize. Uh, most recently, the uh, subjects of the Warrior Queen film with Viola Davis. Woman King. That. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And they were pretty solid. But if you dive a little more deeply into potentially, it's kind of another like, oh, man. <laughs> because we're do you know what it it almost feels like it feels like it's this tale of tokenism that's built up just to give our us a little something like like the author um lynn webster wilde said in the book i was reading like this idea of easing that tension in a society Mm -hmm. we'll give you a little example of that but then we'll demonstrate just how stupid it would be if that like actually was a thing do you know right. what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think, you know, it's wonderful to see a lot of the archaeological research that's gone into the discovery of warrior, warrior women. I think that's something that we are weirdly discovering more and more of or reevaluating mm-hmm. different graves yeah. and seeing that, no, probably they were uh, <laughs> warriors. Interestingly, a lot of them have this, like, identity that – can be traced back to the Amazon. So we have like women in Scythia and um, or the, like the Scythians and they, or I guess men in Scythia. And then like the Amazons like basically were sailing back along the Black Sea, like coast of the Black Sea to go back home to Themyscira or Themyscira. And then they ran aground near Scythia and then they were going to fight each other. But then they were like, wait, could this be our annual procreation event? And then they eventually like married. And it that's kind of the idea of the Sourmations, um, which is like that the Amazons and the Scythians got married and founded a new race of people and they got into the steppes. And so that's this idea. And Herodotus is writing about them from his own time period saying that the women of the Sourmatai have continued from that day to the present to observe their ancient customs, frequently hunting on horseback with their husbands, in war taking the field, and wearing the very same dress as the men. Their marriage lays it down that no girl shall wed until she has killed a man in battle. Hmm. So they're excavating, like I said, in, in Russia and Poland and Ukraine, these kur- uh, kurgans, which are like burial mounds. Mm-hmm. And they're actually finding a lot of them, I guess, near um, Kazakhstan. And they're finding these sour nations Sarmatians, i guess and that's where they're finding like that bow-legged young woman with an iron dagger and a quiver of of bronze-tipped arrows and another female skeleton had an arrowhead embedded in her like these are Mm. women and not only that oh this is good you're gonna love this they were five feet six do you know how tall that was like unbelievably (laughs) tall unbelievably tall I mean, to me, so the tall thing does ring true. So the tall thing does ring true because it was it was giving them a quote masculine trait. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but these ladies were tall. So Herodotus is writing, you know, with women who, in his own time period, were fighting, and maybe they were scared. Not maybe. I know they were. They're always scared. I wrote in my. Um, sophomore thesis at school i went on a bit of a rant about why men are like why are men so scared of powerful women um you know maybe herodotus saw that there were these women who could kill him easily and was like we should kill them but in the past i don't know it's interesting interesting theory yeah absolutely i love and i find it almost more comforting that in the modern culture we don't have such a complex story of the Amazons. Mm-hmm. We have these women who lived this, I don't know, like idyllic existence who fought and defended themselves. And yeah, I don't know. I find the modern iteration of them so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that that Wonder Woman is like this literal anomaly of a human being who has like the, not human, I guess she's meant to be a goddess, but like, you know, the embodiment of good and com- mm-hmm. empathy and you know fierce loyalty strength yeah and the idea of being a defender and protector of people mm-hmm. i love that mm-hmm. it's great 
And the fact that like the first at the end of the first movie, her realization is that like people are complicated, right? That mm-hmm. like they're so complex. But she says, I think that like that doesn't mean they're not deserving of our protection and help. Mm. And I like that that's where we are, that we've come to this idea of the Amazon as a elite bodyguard for humanity, you know? Mm-hmm. I like that. Persisted, yeah. Because the original tales don't give me that. <laughs> a little bit darker. <laughs> they give me the classic tale of women who dared to step outside of the the zone mm-hmm. and were punished for doing so. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I think some version of an Amazon or Amazonian type woman existed. Uh, I think the Amazons, as we love to think of them, didn't. But I'm hopeful that this, like, a renewed interest in the Amazons and, like, in attempting to find truth in their myth will mm-hmm. lead to more archaeological explorations of of communities where we know women were fighting and doing important things. I, yes. I think that's exciting, you know? Love that. Really exciting. Mm-hmm. It, it really comes down to, this is what it is, the fragility of the patriarchy. It rests on a notion that is inherently false and how scared they are, right? The constant need to prove to us that we deserve subjugation. Hmm. The lengths they'll go to, right, to prove that, oh, well, in the end, you'll lose. In the end, you junk it. You know, in the end, mm. you don't do a good job. You're not nearly as good. You're not smart. You're not any of the things. And you need the men. And I like that about, you know, 6,000, 4,000 years after the Amazons were invented, they're, the women don't need the men and they are successful. You know, mm-hmm. Themyscira is this like thriving city and the women are like just killing it. And I, I think that that makes me happy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's like nice. So just remember that the patriarchy is fragile. That's our takeaway. That is our takeaway. Remember because it's Women's History Month. Well, it's almost funny the lengths they'll go to. It's almost funny if it weren't so horribly ubiquitous and like dangerous to women. But it's almost funny. Yeah. Yeah. As the men used this tale to their advantage, we can too. We can kind of reinterpret and use whatever version of this myth that most identifies with our story and. Don't remember the original versions, though. That will make you sad. Look at the new versions. (laughs) Yeah, forget this episode. (laughs) No, no. I think it's so important to understand where things come from. So I got my book that I, where I first learned about Greek myths, and it's the Dallaire's book of Greek myths. A lot of people know about it. I know it's this like lovely, large, illustrated thing. And I was like, do they mention the Amazons? Because I don't remember. And of course they do. And they mention it in their discussion of Heracles. Here's what they say. The Amazons were a tribe of wild and warlike women who rode better and fought harder than any men. Eurystheus was sure that even Heracles would be overwhelmed by the furious women. But when Heracles arrived in Amazon land, the proud queen was so taken aback by the side of his bulging muscles that she gave him her belt without a fight. What? She would glad hold up. She would gladly have given her hand in that bargain, but Hera, in the disguise of an Amazon, spread the rumor that Heracles had come to kidnap Hippolyta. The Amazons threw themselves upon Heracles, but for once they had found their master. Heracles swung his mighty club, and the little Amazon husbands, warning men, if you let women win, you'll be a baby, who were spinning and cooking and tending the babies, were amazed to see their dangerous wives subdued by a single man. In triumph, Ooh. Heracles returned to Mycenae. With Hippolyta's belt, he could not bring the queen. She had been killed in the fight. Boo. Ew, I hate that. <laughs> I know, like, Anywho, so just know that that first version, we can we, we can work it. We can rework it. We can rethink about it. All the, all the different things we want to think about things. Mm. And yeah, I'm looking forward to fewer examples of tales like this that are necessary to justify a, a system of world that doesn't really make any sense you know yeah and i'm looking forward to a month full of uh strong depictions of women mm. may it be a year 
You're asking simply for too much. I know. Oh, I'm taking up too much space, Chloe. You're literally oh. taking up so much space right now. <laughs> I know. How dare I? How darest. <laughs> so use the Amazons the way you want to is the moral of the story. Because the men did, and it was gross. So let's do a good job. <laughs> to women. To women. <laughs> And on that note, (laughs) we'll talk at you in a month. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.